What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Saturday, so time to go over the biggest ADP movement over the last week and to talk about the most important news out of camps, even if it hasn't impacted ADPs yet, because we know sometimes ADPs are a little bit slow to react or we get news like one or two days before the video and you know, ADPs can't move all that much based off news one to two days. I record these on Thursday afternoons, as you guys know, noon Eastern. And so this is ADP changes and latest news up to that point. Anything else we'll touch on during the Tuesday night live stream. So, who's been moving a lot this week? We'll start off with risers as usual. And what do you know? The people who we talked about to close last week as, you know, getting really positive news about them are the top risers this last week. Romeo Dubs, Zamir White, Isaiah. It's Isaiah or Isaiah. Someone tell me in the comment section. I think it's Isaiah Pacheco. All up two to two and a half rounds. I think it's Dubs and White are up two and a half nearly three full rounds, uh, Dubs going now in the 13th round, Zamir White and Pacheco going in round 15, but they're on the rise. They are not stopping there. They are going to continue going earlier and earlier in drafts. Right now, those are their underdog ADPs because on the major platforms, they have not seen this rise. I promise you, as people start doing drafts, because I would say right now, like it's like the early, like the beginnings, I guess, of you know hometown leagues, people doing drafts, but it really ramps up with every single weekend that we see until week one. I promise these three are going to be going much, much earlier in those drafts. So if you are drafting right now, take advantage of that. Uh, every single day, it's basically there's a positive story about Dubs mossing someone and being like one of the best rookies that Green Bay has ever seen. Pacheco is like slated right now. People are projecting him to be the number two running back on Kansas City, even saying that uh, Ronald Jones might not even make the team. People are saying that White is going to like open as a split with Jacobs, not necessarily 50-50, but like having a decent role in the offense right away could take over to close the season. Like we need at least one negative report on each of these guys because very, very soon they're going to be going in rounds like 11 and 12 if this trend continues. And honestly, it's the same for George Pickens. He's not up as much as those other guys, but he's still up around himself, creeping his way into the 12th round. And every single day for him, there's more and more positive reports and people can pretty easily jump on a um, Pittsburgh wide receiver because they're so good at drafting wide receivers historically. So here are my thoughts on all four of them. I currently, as of recording this video, again, noon on Thursday, I have all of them projected and ranked as values, not only among like the industry, your ESPNs, Yahoo's, NFL's of the world. That's easy. They're all going to shatter their ADPs currently right there. But on underdog as well. So even if you're currently drafting an underdog, you see these guys as like the top ranked player by ADP. They're relatively close. I do still have them all as good picks. So even with their rise, you can continue drafting all of them. With that being said, the majority of people, including myself, as I said, are going to draft later on. When the preseason is over in a few weeks, during the final week of the preseason, maybe. And if the trend continues, these guys are going to be really going really, really early in drafts. And so there's a world where they do get a little bit too high for the ranking. So right now, all of them still values, um, but I still kind of view a lot of them as more flyers, not players who should be going in like those later middle rounds. Like we see Christian Watson hasn't yet returned to camp. Um, 
But Lazard is still there. He's likely going to be the one. We know the Packers are going to heavily feature their running backs. They're going to be a low-volume passing attack. And so I think Dobbs, again, right now, fantastic pick. I don't think I could see myself ranking him anywhere earlier than like the 11th. Like if he starts to wake his, make his way into like the 9th, the 10th round, I think that'll be too early for him. So right now, I think like 11th round for Dubs is probably the earliest I'd go there. Um, Pickens, I could see taking him a tad earlier than that because he was a better prospect than Dubs coming out. There were some players who thought Pickens was the most talented wide receiver in this class. So he does have a lot of potential. So I could see myself again taking him a little earlier, but... He doesn't have Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. He's got absolute trash quarterback. He has more competition for targets with Deontay Johnson there. And so maybe like 10th round for him. Again, I wouldn't take either of those two in the single digit rounds. You guys know I love Zamir White. He was featured in videos starting way back in May. I thought he was a phenomenal pick in the last round. He's going earlier and earlier. And I do still think that Josh Jacobs is still going to be the lead back. And I do kind of think for the whole season, it might take an injury for White to take over. So another player that should be going around the guys like Khalil Herbert, like Alexander Madison, like in that range of handcuffs, if he goes earlier than that, that's we're going to have to pump the brakes on him. Uh, so that's what, like that, like 11-12 kind of range. And then Pacheco, very, very similar. He should be going in that range where Clyde is clearly the running back one, but Pacheco's having a great camp. We should draft him with the chance that maybe he takes over at some point, but kind of operates like Daryl Williams did last season. And if he's as good as people are saying that he is, I mean, he can produce kind of like Daryl Williams did last year. I would say for him, it depends on Ronald Jones. So if Ronald Jones gets cut, I could see him moving maybe even the highest in this entire grouping here, but moving up a lot more. If Ronald Jones does not end up getting cut and they keep all of Clyde, Jones, McKinnon, and Pacheco, then it's like, okay, pump the brakes even more on Pacheco because like now they've got four guys they might rotate through and now the opportunity is a little bit more difficult to see. But if Jones gets cut, I mean, you could see Pacheco go nuclear in drafts, people taking him incredibly early because you know what? A lot of people just don't believe in Clyde. Uh, but again, just to reiterate, right now, when you're watching this video, if you're watching it within a few days of it coming out, they're good picks. All the players that it's listed are good picks at their ADP but their ADP is going to continue rising. So their players we're going to need to continue talking about and get updated takes on. But right now, you can still draft them. So what's some other news that are impacting things? Eno Benjamin seems like he is going to win the number two job in Arizona. So he is up 10 spots, uh, but that's still like 17th, 18th round. Um, I believe pretty much every draft are able to get him there. Um, I do have him ranked as a value. I think he's a good add. I am now taking him ahead of um, Daryl Williams, so I think, you know, is going to win that job. That's a little bit more of like up in the air. We don't technically know that yet, uh, but I think we're going to gain a lot more information there in the preseason. Uh, Khalil Herbert is up eight spots after reports that he's going to see more run this season, reports that David Montgomery is playing on like special teams. They have this new coaching staff, and so there's no real tie to Montgomery. They could go with a split. So he's now going the 13th round. I think that's totally fine and keep drafting him. And then the news also sent Montgomery down to 60th overall, but like I was able to get him at 70th overall in a draft this week. And so his ADP is 60, but I would say it's trending more towards like the mid 60s. You're going to start getting him, you know, late sixth, early seventh round. If he starts going into like the mid seventh round, let's say, I think at that point, 
even if the reports are true that it's somewhat of a split, it's the mid-seventh round. There's no running backs at that point that are actually like workhorses. And we all know that like Montgomery has the upside to be a workhorse. So I took him at 70. I think if he starts cratering, we should be capitalizing on that. But I kind of like agree with the reports. I do think that Herbert is going to get much more work this season. I believe Herbert's a great talent. And so he should be falling. I just don't think he should be cratering. I think his new ADP around that like, you know, 60 range in best ball. It's going to be a little bit earlier in season long because of just how um, draft strategy kind of changes. But regardless, I think he should be falling. I should think he should be going like the early 20s kind of for running backs. Um, but if in your particular draft, everyone's scared of him and he really craters and you're like, this dude's, you know, 20 spots behind his ADP, I think he's still a good player to draft. Um, but again, like if you had me just choose, would I rather at ADP David Montgomery or Herbert? I think right now, Herbert. As for some of the biggest fallers, it is basically everyone that is currently hurt or is on the opposite end of hype. So the biggest injury fallers right now, Gus Edwards, Russell Gage, Christian Watson, Jameson Williams, Irv Smith, Curtis Samuel, and Van Jefferson. Um, some of them, you know, more recent than others. Obviously, we've known about Irv Smith. We've known about Van Jefferson. Uh, the Jameson Williams one is off a report that he's definitely not playing in week one, unlikely to play in September, might not be playing in October either. Again, this is not news. If you've been listening to the things I've been talking about on the channel, I was kind of predicting like a week seven return. That's kind of in line with this timeline. Maybe it ends up being a little bit later in the season, but I think week seven is kind of what you should have been thinking about in your mind. And maybe that's on me for like thinking that everyone kind of knows this and that was baked into his ADP. Clearly it was not baked into his ADP. Like if he's cratering right now, people are like, oh, he's not going to be healthy to start the season. Like we knew this, right? So it shouldn't be, but maybe that's just like people not having full information, not really knowing where he should go. I think, like, if he's really, really going to fall, like, he's going in the 14th round right now. If that continues and he keeps falling, he's in the 14th, he goes into, like, the 15th, the 16th round. At this point, I don't care if he doesn't return until, like, week 8, week 9. I want that upside for maybe later in the season because he's a very explosive player. He's someone that could, you know, be really, really good to end it when, like, it matters the most. And so if he does continue to fall, he's a type of player that I am willing to take a shot on. You know, instead of just some player with no real upside, no real talent, like we know Williams is a very high-end talent that they're being cautious with him because they view him as a key piece of their offense long-term. But again, right now we know he's probably going to miss the first like two months of the season, but especially on a thing like underdog, a draft like underdog, why not? Now, season long, for those of you in season long, listen, the 16th round's your last pick. There's probably better options. And for you to waste a bench spot on Williams in a season long format, knowing he's probably going to miss the first two months, like I get it, you could just put him in the IR spot and then add someone, but you're probably going to need that IR spot at some point early in the season. And so maybe I'd shy away from him, from him and like maybe it's like week three, week four, you're good with your roster, you have that spot on your bench to add him and put him in IR, that's what I'd probably do. Um, I don't really think in season long at this point we need to be attacking him. If you have a deeper bench, fine. You have two IR spots, fine. Uh, but in general, I mean, if he's going to miss 
two months. Like in season long, you probably don't need to go there. In terms of the other followers, uh, I think Watson may have fallen a tad too much as well. We have no idea when he's going to be back. So I think that's kind of in, in the back of people's minds. Like, is he going to return this week? Is he going to return in three weeks? Is he going to be healthy to start the season? Like, no one really knows. And then that combined with Romeo Dubs being fantastic. So I guess this is kind of like both things. He's got someone rising on his team as well as him being hurt. That's going to hurt your ADP. But Watson was a pretty high-end prospect. They used a lot of draft capital to get him. Uh, so his new 12-round ADP makes sense. Um, maybe it honestly at that point still is a little bit too high. But if he falls into like, the 13th round, the 14th round, the 15th round, like same thing with Williams. Like if he really craters in your draft, he's still a very high-end prospect and he's going to return much earlier in the season than Jameson Williams and he's going to be tied to Aaron Rodgers. And who knows? I mean, maybe this Romeo Dubs hype, you know, hypes Dubs a lot. We get Watson really late in drafts and then when Watson's fully healthy to start the season or at least early in the season, Maybe he starts out producing Romeo Dubs and people are like, why did I let him fall so much? So maybe not right now at his current ADP, but if it keeps falling, I think we can be on Christian Watson. The non-injured players who have fallen are Ronald Jones and Jarek McKinnon because of the Pacheco hype. And I do still have both of them ranked multiple rounds below their ADP, so I would still not be drafting them. I don't think, no matter where they go in drafts, I wouldn't take either of them. Daryl Williams, again, because of the Eno Benjamin hype, he is down. I, again, have moved Eno Benjamin over Daryl Williams in the rankings. I would draft Eno. I would not draft Williams at this point. And then Tyrion Davis-Price, he's moving down since Trey Sermon has been getting a lot of hype in camp. But not only that, it's like people are just starting to realize that there's upside for Davis Price, obviously, if people get injured, but on a normal outcome, Mitchell's ahead of him. Obviously, like, Lance is their quarterback, but if you want to just pretend like he's a running back, he's ahead of him as well. Then you've got, you know, these very positive reports about Trey Sermon. You've got other running backs that are going to mix in as well. Their other rookie is performing well in the passing game. It's like you start listing off all of these players that are going to get volume around him, and you're like, what is he going to go out there and get like eight carries for 35 yards each week and like zero reception? So I think people are just starting to realize like, you know, he's, he's fine as like a flyer late, but I mean, with all the hype everyone else is getting as well, I don't really know that you should really be drafting him. Um, I am still ranked like 10 running back spots behind ADP, so I wouldn't be drafting him. So the biggest risers and fallers, along with some of the latest news, uh, particularly about the rookies. There was a lot of news about rookies this season. But what about some other news that hasn't necessarily led to the biggest risers and fallers, but has been pretty important this last week? Kyle Phillips seems to have the Titan slot role on lock. He's been incredible in camp. Uh, some people have said he's been like unguardable at times out of the slot. And Tannehill has been leaning on him in key situations. Phillips is never going to be someone you're consistently starting. So understand that like when Woods is healthy, he's ahead of him. Uh, and Traylon Burks is like a vastly superior wide receiver. Like he's going to be better than him. But there's a role for, I would say, more an underdog. Like again, in, in a season-long format, like there are so many wide receivers that are good. I don't know that you need to go there. But in like the 17th, 18th round on underdog, you know, there's a role for someone who's going to be a starting slot receiver that has reception upside potentially in some games. Um, I think there's a role for someone like uh, Phillips. And so I have him like well ahead of his ADP. His ADP actually isn't even being drafted an underdog. I think you should be taking him around like 17, 18. I think he's going to you know perform a lot better than people think this season. Season long leagues, redraft leagues, you probably don't need to go there. 
Uh, Michael Thomas is having yet another fantastic week. Uh, that makes sense. He is Michael Thomas. You know, you don't just break the single season receptions record if you're not somewhat talented. And he looks fully healthy off of the ankle injury, which also makes sense. He's had a billion years to recover from it. Uh, I'm going to continue ranking him ahead of his ADP, which is climbing, but not fast enough for the type of player that he is, the type of upside that he does have. Um, there could be a point where I don't have him ahead of ADP if it really skyrockets into like the top 20. But until that happens, like he's still a phenomenal pick. Uh, Rondell Moore is expected to assume the Christian Kirk role as well as play like running back. Like he's not actually going to like, like he's not going to be Debo Samuel, right? But he's going to get some end arounds. He's going to lap in the backfield. Like he's going to get carries, obviously. And so I think that has people a little bit excited. I'm going to play the wait and see game. Like we saw hype on Rondell last season. We saw hype on him in season. It never really translated into anything. They just, they had no idea how to really use him. Uh, so I want to see what do they do in the preseason? Uh, what are the, like the first team snaps like? Um, what are kind of reports in like week one, two, three of the preseason? How does he look in joint practices? Like I want more information before I'm going to rank him as like a top 50 player. Uh, so I, I think he's fine, but like he's not someone I've really been considering address right now. Uh, so I'm kind of out on him until we get better information about him. Gordon, Melvin Gordon, uh, missed practice on Wednesday with a foot injury. They seem to think it's minor, but they also haven't really told us anything. Um, I actually think you guys are going to know when this video gets released. So again, recording this at noon on Thursday, I think later on Thursday, on Friday, maybe during the day on Saturday, like we're going to learn something again. It seems minor, but this is like a, a really big one. Like if he's going to miss any sort of time, those are weeks that Javonta Williams is a locked and loaded, like high end running back one. And so, especially because he goes, you know, talking about Javonta Williams here in that like late second, early third round range, like, he shoots up into a first-round pick if Gordon misses time. Again, it doesn't seem like it's anything. Follow me on Twitter. Keep checking the uh, updates channel in the Discord. If you have all in, you have access to our premium Discord. Like, keep up to date on this one. Uh, I don't think it's going to be anything, but we'll see. We'll kind of get news there. Uh, the Julio hype. Hype train is really starting to roll right now with Julio. Uh, I think it was Leonard Fournette had some positive things to say about him. That's another one. Makes sense. He's Julio Jones. Sometimes we're underrating these phenomenal wide receivers because of these like things we have in our head, like Julio can't stay healthy. Who cares? He's the 55th wide receiver off boards right now. I've met 50, uh, but he's got room to kind of go up from there because of the Russell Gage injury. Um, that one seems minor as well. Uh, they don't seem too concerned. Again, we're a month out. So people who are picking up these like little injuries, unless someone has like, you know, a high ankle sprain, or they have like a, you know, a mild hamstring pull, like something like that. That's when I get concerned. But people who are just like kind of banged up that might need a week or two to recover. It's like you have a month, right? Until the first week of the season. And so don't overreact too much to injuries. But I'll say like if the gauge injury turns out to be anything, like obviously that production is going to go to Julio. So keep that in the back of your mind as well. Uh, AJ Brown has apparently looked phenomenal recently. To be fair, uh, there's all these reports that he's just like dominating the target share. It's like, well, yeah, Devonta Smith has missed like five or six days in her own practice as of recording this. I'm hoping we also get news. So hopefully when you're watching this, like Melvin Gordon has returned to practice and so has Devonta Smith. And we can just like breathe easy as far as those situations are concerned. Um, but we don't even know what really the injury is with Devonta Smith. We don't know how much time he's going to miss. This is another one where it seems like they're fine with it. They're like not concerned, but 
you know, if he doesn't return to practice next week, I'm going to be concerned because we don't know what it is. But again, I think we're going to find out soon. So hopefully you guys already know when you're watching this. Uh, but yeah, back to Brown. Like every time that Hurst shots back, like it's Brown. It's Brown between the 20s. It's Brown in the red zone. He's a great wide receiver. He's going to have a phenomenal season. Another one. Uh, so we're paying attention to the news on Melvin Gordon. The news on Devonta Smith. Pay attention to the news on Deshaun Watson. Again, I recorded these at noon on Thursday. But the Browns play on Friday, I believe. They have a Friday night preseason game. And I really do not think the NFL wants Deshaun Watson on the field at all this season, even in the preseason. So I would not be shocked if we got news about the appeal before then. We obviously are just going to talk about whatever happens on the Tuesday night live stream, but I wanted to mention that because there's for sure a chance that they have made a ruling between when this is recorded and when it's posted. My guess is still that he's suspended for the whole season, but we need to see, and that's going to have a major impact in drafts. But speaking of the Browns, Kareem Hunt has also requested a trade but his request was denied by the team. Now, that doesn't really matter. It's not like they're just closing the door on a trade. And if a player wants out, you know, a lot of times teams might kind of find a way to make that happen. I do think that there's a chance that he gets traded, but it really depends on what the team feels about Ernest Johnson and Jerome Ford. So if you want to kind of like speculate here, look for articles, look for news that are like hyping up Ernest Johnson, hyping up Jerome Ford. Like, if we get, you know, reports from the Athletic that, like, both of these guys are crushing camp, they're doing really well, they perform well in the preseason, well, that boosts the chance that Kareem Hunt gets traded. And so maybe you should start drafting to Ernest, drafting Jerome a little bit late on things like underdog. Maybe, honestly, even a redraft league, last round for Ernest Johnson. Like, there's a lot of upside there if Hunt does it traded away. As for Hunt, I don't think you really care at this point like draft him exactly where you were because if he gets traded away well the team that's trading for him is going to use him obviously and there's no teams out there that are like truly lacking any sort of running back unless there's a big injury um but honestly just just draft him at the same spot because he's probably going to have like a similar value on a different team now if someone goes out there and tears their acl and a team is desperate and then they go get kareem hunt that's when his adp can go up so I would say his ADP probably can't fall too much, but it depends. He could still get traded to a team that's really not going to use him all that much. I just, I would be a little bit surprised. So you can speculate on this one, but we don't have any real information there. And the final one for today, uh, a few minutes before I hit record, James White did announce his retirement. I am very confident that the market is going to overreact to this one, which is extremely unfortunate because Stevenson was a fantastic pick before this news. And while he gains value, like he doesn't gain all that much. So in the projections that I had, I don't remember the exact amount, but I had White for like 3% of the team's carries and like 3% of the receptions and touchdowns. Like he, he was getting virtually nothing. So yeah, all the running backs gain value, but if they all shoot up like an entire round, it's like, well, I think I gave Stevenson like a half a percent of the target share and like a half a percent of the carries. Like he, he barely moved. I'm not even sure that changed his ranking at all because that's like a few targets, right? I was already not projecting James White to really do anything this season. I gave some of that workload to Ty Montgomery. I gave some of it to Pierre Strong, who are now the most likely to fill that like satellite back role. But again, this actually doesn't change all that much in the rankings because I was already projecting him not to play that much. But the ADPs are going to be different because now people are going to be looking at Stevenson being like, oh, no James White. 
they're not even going to think about Ty Montgomery or Pierre Strong. They're going to be like, now Stevenson's locked in to the receiving role. It's like, yeah, I think he can get there, but I wouldn't say he's locked in. They're still going to use these other two running backs. So, bit of an unfortunate situation. Hopefully, we kind of stocked up on enough Ramondre Stevenson. Hopefully, he doesn't go up in ADP, but I think the market's going to react very strongly, very positively towards him. So, those are the latest news and ADP updates from about the last week as of Thursday at noon. Again, if anything happens between now, recording Tuesday night, like during the live stream, I'll go over everything. You guys can ask me all the questions there. Again, live Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. But you can also follow me on Twitter, at NixAlecFFA. I'll tweet things out as they happen. And you can check the latest news channel in the Discord, which everyone who has all in on the website has access to. I'll be back tomorrow to go over wide receivers on underdog I would not be drafting. Monday for another episode of Mock Draft Monday. And then Tuesday for that live stream, 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. That, my friends, is the end of this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, how about hitting the like button? And how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.